The following is a production of the Speedsport Podcast Network. Welcome to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Hi, I'm Taylor Burris, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, Justin Prince, and our fabulous producer, Mr. Wayne Owens. And Justin, we have a very special guest with us today. We're going to be talking sports car racing tonight, of course, from the PCA. That's right, the Porsche Car Club of America. We're going to be talking sim racing with Jim Hemmick. Yes, indeed. A lot of work he does when it comes to the Porsche Club of America, as well as when it comes to bringing the club and its racing and many of its members to the virtual world. It's been big for the past couple of years, in fact, Taylor, as seen across iRacing and has produced some very exciting races, to say the very least. It certainly has. I've had the pleasure for the past several seasons to work with Jim with the PCA calling their sim racing series. And Let's go ahead and talk with him. Jim, welcome to the iRacers Download. How are you tonight? Hey, thanks, guys. I'm doing great. I really appreciate this opportunity. Well, of course, and we appreciate you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be able to make this happen. But let's go ahead and start a little bit in the PCA itself. What is your position, and how long have you been involved with the Porsche Car Club of America? So I am I am currently the marketing director uh, for the Porsche Club of America working out of the national office in Columbia, Maryland. I've been a Porsche guy since I was uh, like 11 years old. I uh, fell in love with my first Porsche when I was delivering the newspaper uh, in my neighborhood. Uh, I was on a 10-speed bike, and one of my neighbors had a white 911T, and I just loved delivering the paper to that house because that means I got to see that car every day. And and uh, I ended up becoming a friend of, of the owner of that car, and he ended up hiring me in my uh, young teenage years to water plants at his, uh, his family nursery, uh, nursery and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, and he would take me to PCA events, even when, um, I was, uh, before I could even drive, he would take me to, this was in the San Jose area and he would take me out to the swap meets and, and tech sessions. And, uh, and it was, uh, a beginning and a slippery slope ever since. Now, Fast forward into a couple of years or several couple of years ago, back in 2017, Porsche Car Club of America decides to get involved with sim racing. And what made the PCA want to get involved in the virtual world? Of course, the PCA is known for its track meets at various tracks across the country, as well as other events. But what made that the PCA decide to go into the virtual world? So um, it's actually quite an easy connection, um, and you guys, you guys know this, um, but uh, in, in our club, uh, we've got a lot of people that are really into to Porsches and really into competition. So uh, if you're not familiar with the, with, uh, the Porsche Club of America, you could always check out our, our website. It's uh, pca.org, and you'll see we've got all different levels of competition. Um, so it, it may be as simple as an autocross where, you know, they put a pylon course out on, uh, you know, on a flat surface, a big, you know, big parking lot somewhere. And, uh, one car after another takes their turn, just going through these pylons and, uh, records their time. And they have all different classes for different, you know, types of cars, different, you know, different, uh, uh, Porsche models. Um, and you're trying to put your best time down to compete against other people with similar cars. Uh, so we have that, and then we also have track racing where we have our high-performance driver education 
where you're out there with an instructor until you know what you're doing. Then they, they let you let you loose on the track in your in your Porsche. We even have our our top um, our top program is our PCA club racing, where we actually have full on race cars. You can you know sign up for our our club racing program and go out on these big tracks all over the country and and all over North America and and, and race in real race cars against other PCA members in real race cars. Um, so we're we're very very competitive group. And when uh, some of our members uh, you know kind of came across. Uh, sim racing and of course there's Porsches and sim racing there was you know some head scratching going on saying well why why aren't we doing this and um, and we found out that within our club there was a number of of uh, PCA members that were also um, you know also sim racing so our club is across the United States and Canada we have uh, just under 140,000 members so that's a lot of people. So if you think about the, all those competitive people, it's not much of a stretch to find out that quite a few of them were uh, were sim racing. But that's kind of where it got its start, just in that competitive nature. Now, as we look into that, and you've done quite phenomenal with the opportunity for this PCA sim racing. You've run three different Porsches since its inception that the iRacing service has, which is the Porsche 911 RSR GTE as well as the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car. And then finally, one of the newest cars that was released involving Porsche, the Porsche GT4. So in order to see this, what has made the drivers who come in and competed, how are they able to have the time to practice and master these cars to compete with? I know you guys have a certain thing that's called the EDE. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, the, the car selection, uh, you know, kind of came quite naturally. Uh, so um, you kind of asked how it got started. I mean, really, it's it's that competitive desire within our club um, that, you know, was kind of the catalyst. But what ended up happening is as uh, one of our regions. So in PCA, I mentioned there's 140,000 members, you know, across the U.S. and Canada. That's a lot of people. So we've divided up our club into into 146 regions. So that way you can have kind of a local car club experience, um, but you also can have a more of a, you know, a national car club experience within the same car club. So the, um, the Peach State region in, uh, in Georgia, uh, kind of headquartered, kind of centered in Atlanta, uh, they, they had their first, they kind of were the first uh, um, sim racing program to get started in PCA. So that one region of 146 regions had their own sim racing program. So every week they would race, and and uh, they're the ones that kind of started things out. And then it, we saw at the national level that this was, you know, had had some some interest. So we thought we'd try it nationally, which then then it exploded uh, with with interest. Um, but we kind of stuck with the same thing that 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 um, the Peach State region started with, which is we're a we're a you know, a a Porsche owners club. So we drive the cars that we own. Um, None of us in our club, at least that I'm aware of yet, own a Porsche 919. So, you know, since we're a car club, we drive our our cars that we own. We thought we would try to use cars that were something that, you know, would be, um, you know, more attainable to your average person. So that's how you know that's how Peach State started. They're driving the RSR and the the, the GT3 
uh, Cup. So we started using those same cars. So the GT4, the club sport, you know, we actually have some of those cars at our club, our PCA club racing events at real tracks. We have quite a few GT3 Cups that are racing at, at our club racing events. The GTE car, the, the RSR, the 911 RSR is a little bit of a stretch, but, but in reality, there is an amateur class for that. So, you know, it, it, there's some possibility there, you know, for a for an amateur to, to drive one of those. But um, honestly, we try to use cars uh, within iRacing that um, were, are somewhat close to what we drive in in real life. But um so there's some similarities. We have some guys that that love to do, you know, drive the uh, the GT4 because it's a car that they you know actually drive on the track. So they have a, a, a connection to that car, and they feel like they can practice in i racing. That and that practice will translate to some track time when they get out there, or they can practice in i racing and then of course race in our series. So it gives them a lot of different racing and competitive um, opportunities. You mentioned some of the opportunities to compete in the real world, for example, in the PCA. How would you describe that environment overall then once you get to race day with the various different series your organization does for the virtual world and how it overall functions and is organized to run smoothly? Yeah, so um, we our, our PCA sim racing program is our, is our newest program within – uh, the Porsche Club of America. We have a lot of different things we do. Um, you know, I mentioned the autocross and the and the uh, HPDE and the club racing, but we also have uh, rallies and Concor and cars and coffee. We have um, even competition within our more social events. You know, we have rallies where, you know, it's a time distance event. You know, it's not speed related, but you're trying to get from point A to point B within the uh, correct amount of time. We have our Concord, which your, your, your car doesn't even move. You clean it and then whoever's got the you know, nicest prepared car. So we, we have a lot of competition in our club and it's always based on fun and camaraderie and sportsmanship. You know, we were always uh, at a car club at, at our very core. Um, but because PCA Sim Racing came along, you know, uh, you know more recently, we're able to dip into all of the club history with club racing and Concor. And, and we brought a lot of the, the things that we've learned in terms of, you know, setting up um, competition, setting up rules, uh, you know, uh, setting up websites to communicate with members. Uh, we didn't have to look very far to be able to pull best practices from all the other programs to get started. So um, Taylor, you mentioned our EDE program and, you know, I could talk about that for an hour. Um, it's such a great program, but EDE is an is like a lift and shift. It's a copy of our HPDE that we do with, um, you know, with our our cars on real tracks. So we came up with our we call it the EDE. So it's basically like a, like you know esports. It's an e drivers education. So we came up with that, which is basically the you know the very center of our our program. Um, and I think it does make us unique in in the sim racing world, where you could be a member of the Porsche Club of America and you could be a you know an all star track driver, but never you know even seen a sim rig before, um, and and you want to get into this, but you don't know where to start. Well, we have a whole program to help people get started. Um, you know everything from what equipment you need, 
you know, how to set it up, how to get into this, how to communicate with all the other drivers. And then of course, how to drive, you know, in a, in a simulated uh, environment. And then of course, a sim race. So we basically took a lot of our learning from our, our other programs and created our EDE program. And now we have a, I think we're about 14 instructors now. So if, if you're new to sim racing and you're a PCA member, you can sign up for an EDE program. And it functions very much like our track event where you jump into a practice session with an instructor and you jump in the instructor's car and they drive around the track and show you, you know, where to, 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 to you know, get on the gas, where to, to, you know, your braking points, your turning points, you know, the gear selection. Um, and they'll take you around for a few laps and then you switch. And uh, now the, um, the student gets to drive with the instructor in the car. You know, of course, it's all simulated, but they can switch driver and, and, and spectator modes. And then um, once they've, you know, they, the instructor's done a few laps, then they can do some lead follow where the, you know, the, the student can follow the instructor around the track and then they can switch spots and they can practice passing. And uh, that program has been hugely successful for us to get new new drivers on board. And then that way, when they get past that portion of it, they can start getting in some practice races. Um, we feel it's a it's a big part of our program because uh, without that, and if you're into simulated racing, as you guys know, you just join iRacing and you just jump into races and you don't know anybody you're racing against and people are crashing into each other and it's wild and you really don't have anybody to give any guidance. So our EDE program has been, been huge for us, allowing us to get new people into the uh, into the program it's phenomenal what you guys have done already with this and we it's amazing that you're able to take the time to help teach and coach these drivers like you would in the real world at the tracks that you'd go to for these events yeah what um so pca has we have a couple different slogans um uh, you know what, what if you've been in the club or hung around the club much and i know uh, Taylor, you and I met at Daytona uh, for a 24-hour race. So you, you're familiar with the club, but you know we we like to say it's it's um, not just the cars; it's the people. And um, uh, the other slogan we have is that uh, PCA is fueled by volunteers. So we have uh, you know so many people in our club that really just want to give back to this you know this car club community. So it, it really isn't hard to find um, volunteers to help. Uh, so we did our first uh, season, uh, our first uh, you know run at this. We had uh, 30 plus cars in our first race, and a lot of those guys that were racing in the beginning are now you know a couple of years later are mostly you know most of them are our instructors, and so they you know they've been with us since the beginning. They give back. Um, they really help out. We also have a dozen people in what we call our steering committee, which helps kind of run our program. So we've got a, a dozen people that kind of uh, organize the whole program. We've got 14 other guys that are instructors, and the program has now grown to we're almost 600 registered drivers. And uh, this year we're, we're anticipating having a little over 450 events across the year and we can talk about those later but um you know coming from where we had a few races with 30 guys to now we have this very formal very organized process 
again, you know, taken a lot of the best practices from other aspects of PCA, but now we've got a very robust, very mature uh, program in a very short period of time. So we're, we're very proud of it. Um, but we're not even quite sure where it'll go because the, the growth has been so rapid that we still think there's a lot, you know, we have still have a long ways to go. Coming up, more with our guest of the week, Jim Hemming. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince, Taylor Burris, Wayne Owens with you with Jim Hemming, our guest of the week. And of course, a lot of sportsmanship, one of the main focal points. You talked about a PCA in the virtual world as well. What are some of the favorite stories you've had of your members over time as you've continued to grow on the sim platform and connect various different members from across the country and from across the continent? Oh, well, I, anybody that knows me and asks this question, I always say the same, the same answer because it was – it was monumental in the development of our sim racing program. So, you know, just a few minutes ago, I was talking about our EDE program. So one of our lead instructors, uh, James Huth, um, he's from the Hudson Champlain region of PCA. Uh, so my favorite story is it was one in, in one of our first races, uh, PCA sim racing uh, races in our series one. So, you know, uh, imagine we're just a brand new program. Uh, we've got uh, a whole bunch of guys, 30 plus guys driving Porsche GT3 Cup race cars. Um, it was at, um, at Watkins Glen, I believe. And uh, they're all going for it. Well, these guys don't know each other that well yet because they're from all over the country. They, you know, just got into our sim racing program. But um, Jim Huth was in third place and the, the two cars ahead of him were battling and um, the car in second place ended up hitting the car in first place and, and causing them both to slide out. And uh, Jim uh, in, in uh, uh, Jim Huth in third place checked up and he let the guy that got hit that was in first place, wasn't his fault. He let that guy back on the track back in first place. And then Jim slid in in second place behind the guy in third that caused the wreck. Um, and uh, you guys were, um, you know, you guys were the, the commentators during that. I know Taylor was. And and uh, we were all blown away watching this. It's like the guys in front of you crash. You go for it. You take the, you know, take the position. But uh, Jim checked up and let him go by. And afterwards in the interview, the post-race interview, uh, Jim Huth just said, you know, I, I didn't want to win that way. I wanted to win, you know, fair and square and outright. And so he let that uh, guy back on the track and then they raced to the end. And And the reason why that's my favorite story is that was the beginning of what our, our program then became, where it's all about sportsmanship. It's about camaraderie. It's about racing fair, racing fun. You know, um, these guys all talk to each other during the race from across the country, you know, across North America. And and that was one of those defining moments that created the way our program is now managed, where it's not about just winning. It's it's um, it's about having fun, being fair, um, and having good sportsmanship. Everybody wants to win, but they all want to win the right way. And and uh, and uh, uh, Jim kind of set that set us on that path. And and without a doubt, my favorite story. It certainly is, and it's an all-time favorite of mine. And we always 
I think pretty much just about every race when we bring up Jim, we always talk about that, oh, as well as was... both the Hugh brothers. I mean, both of them are phenomenal drivers and characters to add to the wonderful story <laughs> of the PCA Sim Racing Series. Yeah, they are so fast, but they want they, they race clean and they race fun, and then that brought the benchmark for the whole program up to that level. And, and I don't know where it would be today if it wasn't for them, because, you know, we could be out there crashing into each other and not caring, but... Um, or we could have still, you know, developed along those, you know, along those, that path, but he, they were the, the beginning of that. And, and, uh, now we are today because of that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, let's go ahead and look into the future of the PCA. Cause you're right now going through the zone group championship. Of course, that's getting ready to kick off on April 9th at Circuit de Spa Franco Champs, the virtual circuit on iRacing. Yes. So, of course, that's going to be phenomenal to watch. And then the, C the zone group challenge championship rounds off at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. Before yes. you guys come back for some other great events that you got coming up. So tell us a little bit more about those. Yeah, so we've so you know I mentioned that where we started, we had a series of of, of a few races with you know uh, with thirty some cars, and uh, you know we we got done with that, and we're all high five and that that was the coolest thing, and and now just a mere you know a couple of years later, we've got so much going on. So we've got three big, uh, really four big categories that that we're tackling in 2021, and one of them's the EDE that I mentioned a minute ago, but. The other three, so the zone uh, zone group racing, we wanted to have what we're calling more of a grassroots a grassroots approach. Excuse me, um, kind of like SCCA, where we wanted um, more localized racing. So we've got 14 zones. We have a, a big club. We got 146 regions, but those 146 regions are grouped into 14 zones. So we had um, localized racing, so you could race in your time zone against guys that are, you know, closer to your geography, people you might know or seen at other events. So we started this the end of last year. So the zone groups were racing um, separately. So each of the zone groups would have, you know, their own races hosted and their own EDEs and their own practices. And then they had their own little mini competitions. And then the winners of all those zone group competitions have now come together in this Friday and next Friday's uh, zone group challenge championships. So what you just mentioned, we had spa uh, uh, tomorrow, this, this Friday, and then we have um, uh, Road Atlanta next week. So that has a kind of a spirit of what SCCA has done over the years where You've got, you know, your local racing, and then you have this ladder system getting up to the big championship, and and that's been a lot of fun. gave gave guys a kind of a different uh, a different opportunity and a different structure to race under, and and they really got to know the, the the guys in their in their area, and then they got to move up to this big national championship, and then so that's one of the big programs. The other is we have um, we're going back to our roots where we've got uh, our spring series six. And then we'll also have our Series 7 this fall. So Series 6 is going to be eight Fridays in a row. Um, we're going to be racing the GT3 Cup for the advanced drivers, and the newer drivers are going to be racing the uh, rough track car. Um, so we'll have uh, eight week eight Fridays in a row with, um, you know, with races each each um, each week. Um, excuse me, did I say Fridays? So they're going to be Wednesday nights this this. Um, series six in the spring so we're going to switch to wednesday nights 
So we have eight Wednesdays in a row racing those two cars, um, all live broadcast. And then the third um, uh, new series for us this year is we've got uh, team racing. So kind of endurance style racing where we have teams of two drivers. And that series takes place all year long um, with uh, races sprinkled throughout the year, um, different links, uh, different tracks. But you have to have teams of two and you'll be racing in the RSR and there'll be pit stops and driver changes and strategy and you know fuel strategy and all of that. And then the highlight of that team racing series is we're doing a big fundraiser with Operation Motorsport. Uh, we'll be racing at Le Mans, so a three-hour race, and that'll be live broadcast. And we're doing a fundraiser for Operation Motorsport, and that'll be kind of the the crown jewel of our our team racing program. Um, just as you know, Le Mans is the you know the the Super Bowl of sports car racing. This is going to be kind of our our Super Bowl. And we'll talk a little bit about how you got Operation Motorsports to get involved with the PCA Sim Racing Series for this special charity race that you guys will be holding later on this year. Yeah, so um, it's, in, in, as you guys know, in motorsport, it's a, it's a small world. Um, everybody seems to know each other. So uh, we wanted to do something this year in PCA Sim Racing to give back, and we were trying to find the right opportunity. And, um, and you may not remember this, Taylor, but some of the people that we were talking to at that Daytona race are on the board of Operation Motorsport. So Lynn Friedman, she's a PCA member, and she um, runs the Porsche plots, uh, the Porsche Corral at Daytona. Uh, we were all hanging out in her tent. She's on the board of Operation Motorsport. And there was a, several other of the folks there that were helping uh, also on the board. And that started some conversation, and and they actually started Operation Motorsport started their own uh, sim racing program. Um, they they talked to us and asked us how we started, and we kind of explained things. and And uh, and when we're looking for an opportunity to give back and start something on the fundraising side, it was an easy connection to to work with them. So Operation Motorsport is an organization that helps uh, uh, veterans get back into life, um, you know, after their service career. And their kind of their um, interest is to help them get back into normal, you know, normal society by getting involved in motorsport. So they have a lot of different um, opportunities to get involved in racing. And they thought sim racing would be a nice, a nice addition. So, um, so they've got a program uh, that, that, you know, touches the real track, but now also works within the sim world. And we're going to do this big three-hour uh, broadcast with our racers and their racers. And we've got a couple huge surprises uh, that we're going to be able to announce pretty pretty shortly about um, but about that event. And really looking forward to it. But it's it's just one of the many things. So what we're really happy about with our sim racing is you can do the the local racing with your you know with people in your area, more informal through this uh, zone. Uh, racing, you can do the highly uh, publicized live broadcasts um, with our spring and fall series that everybody piles into. So you got a lot of cars, and then we got our team racing, more endurance with this Operation Motorsports connection. So um, we've got kind of a different flavor of sim racing um, for any any interest level. So if you like 
long races, you like short races, you like broadcasted races, you like informal races. We've got a little bit of everything for for every PCA member that wants to get into sim racing. You touched on that PCA members. You know, what is the way that a PCA member could go to compete on the PCA briefly as we come to a close for this interview? Yeah, so um, obviously we're a car, you know, an owner's club, car club. So if you own a Porsche, you can you can join PCASimRacing.com has a getting started page so you can go sign up. Um, one of the secret tips is you can also join our test drive program. So you don't even have to own a Porsche. You could go to PCA.com and join test drive. Test drive is to help you get involved with the Porsche community, try to find a Porsche, learn more about PCA. And if you're in the test drive program, you can run in our PCA sim racing. So um, there's really anybody can be in our PCA sim racing uh, program. And and we're hoping that uh, at any level, people will find it fun and, and competitive. Well, Jim, thank you very much for this. And we look forward to see what the rest of the PCA has to offer with their sim racing program, their EDE program. And of course, the partnership that you have with not just Operation Motorsports, but Operation E Motorsports, as you brought out. So once yes. again, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jim Hemmick from the Porsche Car Club of America and the Porsche Car Club of America Sim Racing Series, the marketing director. And we just want to say thank you, Jim, for coming on our show. Thank coming you, up, guys. Coming up, news of the week and events coming up. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince with Taylor Burris, Wayne Owens as your director for what has been a busy week of sim racing action across the iRacing service. Let's get things started, Taylor, with what's been a busy time, including for some of the IMSA drivers who just took part in the IMSA iRacing Pro Series presented by SimCraft. An intriguing one, to say the very least, at Sebring International Raceway, which seen a bit of drama and intrigue in the closing stages. It certainly did, Justin. I mean, let's go first into the LMP2 class. Not a whole lot of craziness happening towards the end of the race, but it was Scott Andrews, who was an LMP3 driver, as well as GS driver in the IMSA Prototype Challenge, as well as the IMSA WeatherTech Series and Pilot Challenge as well. He took home the checkered flag in in the LMP2 class, followed by Daniel Morad, which for all of you who know the Moradness brand... He is competing in the GTD class this year in the IMSA series. And then Richard Highstand rounded out toward podium finishers for this event at Sebring. As things continued on, though, Justin, the biggest surprise had to be in the GTLM class where Mick Fo- or Foley, Robbie Foley, almost took home the checker flag but ran out of fuel going on down the Omen Strait. And I think it just came down to the preciseness of Scott Andrews coming across the stripe to add an additional lap because we were talking about this earlier on where he crossed the line with about half a second left on the clock. About a one or two second difference slower for Scott Andrews on in the closing stage of the race. We're talking about Robbie Foley dominating in what was a strong finish. But the thing is, Foley took the risk in that He had his biggest challenger, Bruno Spangler, get involved with LMP2 traffic for an incident coming towards that said straightaway with about 36 minutes to go. That, in turn, 
set up the opportunity for Foley to try and take the risk, fuel up as much as he can, and try and have a, to keep the gap. I think there was going to be tight, though, when you think about it in the first place, and we've seen the ramifications for it where Foley ran out of gas in fuelless time, especially when it comes to road course racing. And we've seen that come into play where he tried to save as much time as he could in the pits to keep what was a five-second gap and seen that completely crumble with the fuel situation. He certainly did, and it was unfortunate. Of course, the rest of the top three is Nick Tandy in his Corvette, who took home a great performance for that Chevrolet Corvette, just ran out of time to really go after the probably the most dominant duo in the IMSA iRacing Pro Series, Philip Ang and Bruno Spangler, who is the defending IMSA iRacing Pro Series champion from last year during 2020. And I know that BMW put in a lot of work in 2020 for that with their drivers having a ton of simulation time. In fact, the majority of the competitors for this year took a ton of time to prepare for these events. It's talked about earlier on in the broadcast, too, for this race at Sebring that many drivers had been asking for advice from various different sim rig manufacturers like SimCraft to be able to figure out, okay, what do I need to properly be able to run this racetrack? And we've seen the pace really step up this year compared to 2020. It certainly has. It's amazing to see, Justin, the three biggest American motorsports brands, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. I would, I'll even throw in even the World of Outlaws with their dirt vision stuff. But to see these four major series come together on the iRacing service and still utilize it as a platform to reach out to the masses. And also, if you think about it, Justin, what I've heard from a lot of people in the, you know, from in the business of NASCAR, to reach a younger generation or a younger audience to get them involved in the real racing that is NASCAR, IMSA, World of Outlaws, and IndyCar. And that's a great point because it increases the accessibility for drivers to be able to get an opportunity to race against their competitors and feed that drive of racing if they don't have the access to be able to get to a real-world car or need to have some extra testing or our outlets to be able to connect to one another. It's been talked about by many in the past that the use of sim racing for sure is a way to connect those communities, and we've seen that come into play, especially in 2021 now. It certainly has. Of course, the next round of the IMSA Pro iRacing Series will kick off at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Uh, that's going to be an exciting race to see those guys race at in a couple of weeks' time. It won't be next Thursday night. It'll actually be on, I believe, if I remember correctly, on the twenty or the twenty-second of April. So, a very exciting opportunity for those guys as they continue on for this three-round schedule of the season. And of course, that's a great segue for the rest of the thing because the NASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational should be kicking off here pretty soon with their next race at Talladega. And that race I'm expecting to be very interesting because the last time the Pro Invitational went to Talladega, Jeff Gordon got stuck in the catch fence. He and did. It, it was an iRacing moment. Let's put it that way. An interesting iRacing moment that was utilized and put it out by them in that initial broadcast. I think it's going to be an exciting race to put into perspective how the drivers have been taking this year and racing this year. But it, 
the at the same time, it could be a race where anybody can win because it's Talladega. You never know who takes the checker flag when it comes to a super speedway race, especially in iRacing. You certainly do not. And of course, to touch on a couple of other things coming up, of course, on Thursday, April 8th, the night we're recording here, but there's also another race happening here later tonight, and that is the E-NASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series. They'll be kicking off their race at Richmond Raceway. So the truck's back at Richmond once again in the virtual world before we take that to it in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. So... Justin, you'll be out there racing in this event. What is your thoughts on the track conditions and your thoughts on what to expect? I think we're expecting potentially a lot of aggression because it's a round where some drivers may start have the level of urgency pickup. I've been following along with many drivers on social media as well, Taylor, where a lot of them have said that some of them are confident with the speed but don't know how the race is going to play out. Others feel like they've had a lot of momentum the first two weeks. But that doesn't matter since it's a short track compared to the mile and a half of Las Vegas Motor Speedway and Atlanta Motor Speedway. Some have said they are not sure what the speed's going to be. But you never know with the unpredictability of caution flags and you never know if someone's going to get into an incident. The expectations overall in turn, Taylor, is I'm expecting lots of aggression, lots of potential trouble, but also whoever's been building the best speed possible ends up trying to dominate because I think this is going to also be one of the most important qualifying sessions so far this season because track position is extremely vital at Richmond and it can be very difficult for the drivers to try and make their way through RTP's fields across the platform. Certainly so, and I could not agree with you. Of course, we'll take a look at what's to come for the rest of this weekend, leading up to when we come back to you on next Thursday, April 10th, 1 p.m., the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup. We'll be back at it again. Of course, we were talking Porsche with PCA's own Jim Hemming. Well, we're going to still talk a little bit Porsche as they will head to the hallowed grounds of Le Mans. Circuit de la Sarf, catch the action at 1 p.m. And Justin, talk to us a little bit about what can we expect at that circuit. Well, it's been talked about that Joshua Rogers essentially has one hand on the trophy with how he performed in Sebastian Job, as we talked about in the past with his engine expiring at the Nürburgring. This is the chance, I think, for him to all but mathematically seal up the title with a strong run because he's been consistent at every single track. He's been fast and qualifying at every single track. He's been very difficult to try and get around at every single track. And I think it's going to be the same exception when it comes to Lamar. For Joshua Rogers, it's been a stellar season, and he definitely turned up the pressure for the rest of the field, and it's been difficult to compete. Have to give a shout-out, though, to Mitchell Dion and how he's competed so far as well, because he definitely improved compared to 2020. Also has had some good speed with some feature victories as well, mixed in along with sprint race dominances. It's been entertaining to watch. But it's been a very dominant campaign overall when you look at the points for Joshua Rogers. It certainly is, and we look forward to seeing what can happen. Once again, you can catch the action of that race on at 1 p.m. on all of iRacing's streaming platforms. Then, of course, on Sunday, April 11th, it's a special event we're doing here on the iRacing service. It's the North Wilkesboro Throwback Cup. It's taking the 1987 Cup cars, that's the Ford Thunderbird and the Chevy Monte Carlo, 
to the hallowed grounds of North Wilkesboro. And Justin, briefly to touch on that before we come to a close, you know, I don't know if you heard the interview uh, with this Mr. Smith from the Dale Jr. Download about what's to come possibly for North Wilkesboro. Your thoughts on how North Wilkesboro and iRacing could possibly help elevate this hallowed and historic track. Well, it's one of the most popular tracks short track wise and overall wise on iRacing first of all many different series many different competitors utilize that racetrack on iRacing it's a track with a lot of hype and momentum built around it to say the very least that being said I think with how things are going momentum wise it can definitely keep things going for the real world it can be difficult for the real world for it to be renovated it's been talked about in the past but the virtual world is a way to preserve history, and I can't wait to see how the Throwback Cup is with drivers trying to put themselves in the names of history. It certainly is. And then finally, to conclude the what's to come, April 13th, 9 p.m. on all of iRacing's streaming platforms, the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series heads back to Richmond as we will be going to Richmond once again for the big boys. We'll compete there. Drivers looking forward to seeing how the new packages will handle, as well as seeing who will come out on top. Justin, who is your thoughts on possible winners and possible favorites who could have a good finish there? You have to definitely give credit to the Richmond Raceway Esports drivers, of course. They're all good on the short tracks, but I think you have to look towards someone like a Ryan Loser with some of the momentum or someone who can end up playing the strategy card. Carol Tyen, for example, nearly came away with the checker flag last season on strategy. It could come down to that this year. It certainly is. Of course, catch the action once again at 9 p.m. on all of iRacing's streaming services. Well, Justin, it's hard to believe, but we're already to a close for this week's episode of the iRacers Download. So for everyone who's listening, for Justin Prince, for Wayne Owens, our fabulous producer, and also our special guest, Jim Hennig from the Porsche Car Club of America, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.